0: All of this is possible along with never forgetting or moving on from your baby or child. I'm holding on to hope for you until you are ready to hold it yourself. Welcome to Grieving Moms Podcast. Hey friend, I just wanted to pop on before we dive into today's episode to apologize for the audio recording. It's not as good as I normally is just because I think I didn't click on the correct microphone. So it's a little bit different than I normally do. And there also is some rustling at the beginning. So I just want to apologize for that quick before we dive in. Aria's death date is next week on May 27th. So for me, Friday, of Memorial Day seems like it's more of a reminder to me just because she died on a Friday and I was prepping for our weekend away. It's crazy to me still how suddenly your life can be flipped upside down and everything changed in an instant. Today I want to talk about triggers, um, death dates, and maybe how to navigate them a little bit. Everyone will navigate them differently, but I just want to offer some things that have helped me so that these days are not all bad. There's a quote I heard called, like, never waste a trigger. I love this quote because we are triggered. We want to avoid things. We want to run away from it and never look or see something. Whatever our trigger is, but when you notice your triggers, these triggers are just things that present to you. But when you notice your triggers, these triggers are just things that present to you and that can show you what you can work on if you want to work on. I fully believe that triggers can be healed and that you can work through them instead of being triggered they only bring up a memory instead so i had a trigger with sleeping children that you know if i came around the corner and i found a sleeping child i would just panic and my heart would start to pound and if i knew that someone's baby was sleeping i just was on edge until they woke up but these triggers are horrible obviously they're all all of the triggers are are horrible But with healing and the trauma work I've done, I now can walk by a sleeping baby and I'm just fine. I hardly even notice. Most of the times I don't have to check on them to see if they're breathing. I'm i really at a point where I don't even like hardly have to look at them. Sometimes I have a thought that my daughter died in her sleep or what if I find a baby that died like when I'm going to check on my kids. But most of the time I just notice that they're sleeping and I'm able to go on with my day. So the other kind of trigger I want to talk about is how something makes us feel horrible. Like it's painful to um, say, go to the cemetery or it's painful to look at pictures of your child or it's painful to, there's so many things that bring up the pain. And so I want to kind of talk about these triggers that we we think of these triggers and that pain is bad and we shouldn't be feeling pain. We shouldn't have to feel that pain. You shouldn't experience it and it's too painful. So there's so many things like I'm talking specifically about like the death day and the anniversaries that come with that. But I will talk more about this more in when, you know, there's more holidays coming up too. But when we think of all of these Triggers and all of these things as bad and as horrible, and we shouldn't have to feel them. We really are making we're dreading, start to dread that day, and we dread the that day for weeks and weeks. And how we think these days are going to be horrible, and the anticipation of that day is almost worse than the day itself. So I want to share a little bit about how we have spent Aria's versary day since it's been over Memorial Day weekend we've gone to a cabin with close friends which has felt very special to us these memories are so special because with these friends we were able to laugh we had so much fun and we also had a safe space to cry and talk about aria and be sad and remember him and or him her so this is how we have spent aria's angelversary day Since it's been over Memorial Day weekend, we've gone to a cabin with friends, which has felt really, really special because these are close friends. We have been able to laugh and have so much fun together. But then there's also that space to cry and be sad and remember Aria and just really, really be real with whatever was going on for us. It's such a sensitive time and it can be so difficult to even know what you want to do to pass the days. And I still want these days to be a space where we can remember her and laugh and spend time with our family. And friends. I just think like after, you know, each of the weekends, people have asked us, how was it? You know, how was her death day? And it was really hard to say it was horrible. It wasn't horrible. It was such a fun weekend. But it would have been horrible if I was trying to pretend that I was happy the whole time when I wasn't or if I was only allowing myself to be sad. So when I allowed myself to have fun and to be with friends, and then when I got sad, also allowed that emotion and that feeling, it was fun. It was a great weekend, but obviously it was really sad too. Like the, the sadness and the pain and all of that was there as well. It just didn't encompass every single moment of my weekend. So every year, it has been a little bit different for us um, in terms of who we've been with and what we've done. And even just like how I felt, I guess. And I want to offer two different perspectives for you. One, I heard this before, and sometimes I can hold it true, true for myself, even though I still feel like it's a really sensitive day for me and time. And we get to choose if we want to make this day something mean or not. Like if we want to make something out of this day or not, the death date seems to be particularly difficult to navigate because there are so many horrible memories from that day. There's a blog that I read a long time ago, probably right after Aria died, and it talks something about the anniversary train. And she talked about not getting on the anniversary train, that we get to choose. You know, imagine a train is coming and that's the anniversary date. And we bring up all the memories of their death that day. We go step by step through what happened. We relive the worst day. And these moments don't connect us with the happy memories. They don't bring us joy and connection to our child who is gone. And while I believe these memories and experiences are a part of us, we're never going to forget them. We don't need to fully forget them and disappear because they are a part of who we are and they create who we are. But sometimes it seems like we cling so tightly onto the pain because this is our connection with our child. So how can you celebrate, honor, remember, and be grateful for your child that you had in your life rather than like torturing yourself with the memories and reliving every single moment. Other people I know who have lost a child have chosen to give no significance to this day. They don't do anything on it. They Basically ignore it and focus on celebrating the birthday. There are so many options for you and how you want to navigate this day and what you want to do with it. So really just go with you, you know, really follow what feels right for you, not what other people tell you to do or what, you know, what you feel like you should do. Just do what feels like the best option for you. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about was how are you thinking about these days? What are the thoughts that come up for you? When you start to dread this day, sit down and journal, where is the dread coming from? What's the thought that is making you feel the dread? You can start to feel, many times, many of us feel anxiety for weeks beforehand. And so what is the specific thought that is bringing up that anxiety? Um, I'll give you some examples of thoughts that you might be thinking, maybe not, but it's going to be horrible. I can't handle it. I can't make it through these days. I don't know what to do. When my daughter Aria died suddenly four years ago, I wondered if my life was over. My heart felt so shattered into a million pieces. How was I supposed to continue forward and go on in my life without such an important person? How can I breathe when I'm literally suffocating and drowning? It was difficult to describe my pain. It was just an endless feeling of hopelessness. I carried sharp, intense grief for years. I felt as if I failed my daughter as her mother and was terrified it would affect my other children as well. Everything felt so bleak and empty. What was the point and the purpose of life? It's difficult to describe this pain to someone who doesn't understand the depth and duration of child loss. There is something about this connection among us as grieving mothers that we can speak without words. If you are a grieving mother and looking for connection, hope, and ways to move forward after the death of a child, join me in three days of grief support. In this space, you will find support, encouragement, and deep knowing amongst other grieving mothers. You can save your spot by going to www.reliefingriefsupportgroup.com. Again, in these 3 days we are going to be walking through how everyone grieves differently, emotions and stages of grief, and noticing thought patterns and emotions that come up for you in your grief journey. To join, go to www.reliefingriefsupportgroup.com. I can't wait to see you inside. So, let's dive a little deeper into the thought that is going to be horrible. First off, you don't know what the day is going to be like because you're not living it yet. And then what does horrible mean to you? Does it have to be horrible? Does it have to be all awful? I want you to notice how the thought it's going to be horrible brings up a lot of dread and anxiety. Of course, it does when you're thinking that. Of course, you're going to be dreading and waiting for it like no it's going to be horrible because you're thinking that thought so then what if you choose a different thought an example would be like the day might be emotional but that's okay because it's a part of my grief or I can have okay and difficult moments or I can have okay and difficult moments in that day and it's going to be okay or I get to remember all of the good moments with my child on that day or I am allowing my grief experience to be what it is. And the emotions that come that day are not good or bad. They are just energy showing up in my body. For the last one I have is, it's just a day on a calendar. But try on any of these thoughts and notice how do they feel? How does the anxiety and dread shift and change? Do you believe any of these thoughts? Can you, Do any of them feel like you can try them on and they feel good? Are there any of them that you can believe fully and like take it as your own thought? Notice how you don't have to live with dread for that day because you don't know what the day will bring. How are the thoughts that you are thinking creating dread for that day? Becoming aware of these thoughts is life-changing. It is such a powerful tool that you can use in your own life around the anniversary of your child's death date or even around holidays as well. When we think it's going to be horrible, or we judge our experience of grief as bad, or when we shouldn't be feeling this way, of course, it's going to be more intense because we are fighting with our experience and telling ourselves we are dumb. And I just really think that the more awareness you have around your thoughts, it can truly change your life. I just was talking with one of my coaching clients that she finished up her six weeks and she said she couldn't believe how much changed in six weeks. She couldn't believe how different her life can be in six weeks. And a lot of it is noticing thoughts and feeling your emotions and how different things can be when you don't believe it's possible. And all of a sudden you can see that things can be different. It is so life-changing, but it's really becoming aware of these thoughts without judgment and just noticing and allowing your grief journey to be what it is. So, this is a very intense episode, and I know it could have brought a lot up for you. Maybe you want to yell at me and tell me that there's no way these days can be any better. That's okay. Like, you do you. I don't need to convince you. I don't need to change it for you. I just want to bring awareness to these thoughts for you and to this experience that you get to decide and choose. And I just know that my experience with these days hasn't been all bad or all good. It's been a mix and flow of intense, painful emotions, and intense, joyful emotions. There is light and darkness, joy and sadness, and it's all part of the journey and experience. And I want to encourage you to do a brain dump if this episode has been difficult for you to listen to. I want you to write down everything that's going through your mind and just take a look at it. Take a look at it without judgment and just lead with curiosity. You got this, my friend. I really appreciate you listening. And even when I talk about difficult topics, but isn't grief in general a difficult topic to talk about? If you like this podcast, please share it with other grieving mothers who could use this support and help on their grief journey. I'll see you next week. Take care. Well, this episode of Grieving Moms podcast is over, you can join me and other grieving mothers in my free Facebook group to continue conversations of all things life after child loss. Go to www.meganhillica.com community to join us there. If you like this podcast, could you please share it with other grieving mothers so that they can also find hope in life after loss and to know that they are never alone.